Thanks for tuning in to your day off podcast, hosted by your boys, Corey and Tony. I think by the end of today, I might have another best friend. They're committed to making you fall in love with the hair industry, one podcast at a time. Uh, you're going to grab a lot of information. Yeah, you're going to learn a lot. Presented by Hair Industry and powered by Schedulicity. Without further ado, should we do? Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Your day off podcast will begin after a word from our sponsors. What if payment looked this good? And your tips looked even better. Better yet, what if you could do it all by phone? Norm, payment by text for small businesses. Barbers, stylists, massage therapists, facialists, you name it. Available now for everyone on Schedulicity. Norm, the modern way to pay. day off my name is Corey. of course i sit with my best friend tony what's up buddy what's going on brother nothing man just uh just uh another another day in paradise i uh you know, podcast we, paradise you know we talk about like we talk about like you have to do or you get to do right like we talk about that a lot and and it's so cool because every time we crack the mic i'm like dude we get to do this yeah. you know we get to do this we get to talk to um uh, the best in the industry and then and 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 they they have to talk to us, but we get to talk to them. You know? Yeah, and and I'm super impressed how open and honest and vulnerable that a lot of these people make themselves and uh, to not for not for themselves, but for our industry. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, I, we've talked about this. I know on other podcasts and stuff. I mean, the, the the single most thing that I'm most proud of with this industry is that is that we have a vulnerable enough um uh arena space to to have honest conversation and, and i really dig that yeah and uh and people uh literally step up to the plate and uh share their heart and share their you know what they've learned and and also you know where they failed and, and it's pretty impressive. most importantly right yeah. most importantly is 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 you know to learn about you know one's failures not not you know, because when, when we get to talk to people, everybody's on this big spotlight. Right. So like we get to see like I don't want to say the end, but we get to see where they are on the road at that moment. You know, and usually, um, you know, certainly if they have a nice uh, Instagram following or if they had a you know, social media following or whatever, you know, they're kind of like that's the biggest spotlight for that moment. Right. But but there's a whole path. Yeah. There's a lot of time in those shadows before you get to the spotlight, right? Yep. I'm sure there's a lot of ups and downs and you don't know how much hard work goes in and on that road in order to get where they are. So, where, so you see them on top or you see them, uh, you know, where they are, but you know, by them sharing how they got there is pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. And hopefully, hopefully helpful. Right? Yeah. Hopefully helpful. That's a tough thing to say. Right. To say it three times. <laughs> you can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so listen today, um, Today, I'm really excited. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really excited about our guest today. Uh, we've been watching her for a couple of years now. Um, and certainly during her star or her spotlight got brightest during um, dur during those COVID days. You know, it's like she was like kind of lingering and then she blew up and, 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 and has the heart to serve. Yeah. And, and we've talked about it before we actually brought her onto the podcast and, uh, you know, about like-hearted people, people that elevate the industry because they want to do it in the, in their, they, they want to serve the industry. They want to elevate the industry and it's not trying to do something, trying to, to better themselves. They're literally trying to better the industry, better the industry, you know? That's so cool. Yeah. Those, those are the people I like to surround myself with. Oh, a hundred percent. And then when we get a chance to bring them on the podcast, I'm, I'm in awe. Uh, I think we're going to end up in all. Shall yeah. we get in? Oh, I know we will. Shall yeah. We get in? Okay. So today our guest is Sally Lembo. I think, I hope I said that right. Yeah. Um, she told us her maiden <laughs> name. I'm definitely not attempting that one, but Sally Lemo is our guest today. Um, also known as, as Cleveland hair boss. Um, dude, if you're not following her, matter of fact, pause, go follow her and I'll come back. Yeah. If you're not following her, she's a great, great follow because what she's doing is that, Almost daily, she's giving away free like hair color and hair education 
and and it's 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 top of the line kind of uh, information. Oh yeah, you're talking about legit work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely people pay uh, top dollar for this information, and she's she, I mean she's giving it. She's giving giving it away, man. She's, you know what I mean? She, she, she's trying to help the industry along. And I, I love her story. And, and I'm, we're not going to spoil it, but especially when we went into COVID and, and how her heart changed and and or how she dug deeper into what she's doing. So should we get in? Yeah, let's do it. So, Miss Sally Lemo, welcome to your day off. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I was like listening to you talk about this person and I was like, dang, I want to meet this person. <laughs> oh my God, no pressure. <laughs> Dude, listen, you're you're doing some cool, cool stuff. Like, you know, it's like you are such an easy follow because every day is like nuggets. Oh, thank you. It's so fun. It's just like I just want our industry to I just want our industry to explode and know our worth and just to have the power because I I'm a self-taught colorist. I went to barber school, so I knew nothing. I'm a barber. And so but I specialize in color now. And so my story is actually kind of cool that. um, So when I was uh, 30 years ago, I've been behind my chair for 30 years and I was seven when I started. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. And so I was like, I don't know what to do with my life. And I called my aunt who actually owned a barbershop at the time. And I was like, I don't know what to do with my life. She's like, you should go to barber school. And I was like, well, let me think about this. I love men. I love touching men. I love talking to men. Okay. Right. So that was like the motivation for me was I was going to get to flirt with boys. Right. Right. Little did I know. Little did I know that that was going to be the catalyst for me to, um, you know, join this incredible industry that I have actually been able to reinvent myself. I can't even tell you how many times I have opened salons. I've lost salons. I filed bankruptcy. I've sold salons for profit. I, I it's just been such a gift, this industry to to grow other people and honestly to to heal myself through it. It's been incredible. That's wow. amazing. Are you, I was going to say Cleveland hair boss. Are you from Cleveland? Yeah, I'm More from right. Cleveland. Yep. Cleveland, Ohio. No more mistake on the lake, baby. Right. Yeah. You grew up, you grew up there. So I actually grew up in Youngstown, which is about an hour South. Uh Um, and, uh, but I was born here. So, you know, I was on my way to New York. I wanted to go to New York city. Um, and then I did this barber school thing. And that's when I met my now ex-husband who I married twice. It's fine. Um, got pregnant and stayed in Cleveland. So, you know, the rest of that is history. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. So you married him twice. I'm not a quitter. Okay. So, so you told not me a Burton, Tim? Yeah. Well, okay. So we met in barber school. And I was 19. He was 17 and he was a bad boy. He was the opposite of anything I ever dated. And we, um, he's actually one of the best barbers in Cleveland. I'll be honest with you. He really, I can still say that about him. And, um, we got married, uh, very young. We had a baby. Uh, we got divorced. Um, I got saved. He loved the change in me and wanted me back and we got married again. And, um, yeah, it didn't work out. You know, <laughs> it's all right. You know, so I could say I'm not a quitter. Right. So, so you're married twice and divorced twice. Yeah. To the same guy, though. And now I'm married to someone else who I this is my forever, uh, my forever mate. So, so three weddings, two spouses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And four children. And four. So a total of four. So he has two. My current husband has two. I have one with my ex. And then we have um, surprise at 40. Guess what still works? Right. Uh, uh, please. I got surprised pregnant at 40. So we have, um, a 31 year old, 27, 25 and an eight year old. Wow. Yeah, I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm exhausted. like, I'm trying to do the math here, man. There, there's too many numbers we've just thrown out. <laughs> how did you have a 31 at 30? Okay. So the 31 year old is not biologically mine. So I say I have two. Saying, my you're only six years old. I mean, right. You know, I, like I told you, I'm this, like, I'm this miracle, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my husband has the 31 and 27. Yeah. I have a 25 and then we have an eight-year-old. Oh, beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Is your current husband in the industry? He is not. He's actually a school teacher. Oh, and I think that that was probably the key there, you know, for us. I always tell everyone, I'm like, I'm the one that's dancing on the bar and he's standing there waiting for me to fall. <laughs> right. that's, that's our relationship in a nutshell. <laughs> we got to go to Cleveland now. We got to, uh, we got to get, uh, we got to get a seat next to the bar, Tony. Right. <laughs> 
Uh, it reminds me of, uh, of a friend named Jackie. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, our friend Jackie. She was our second guest on the podcast. But yeah, she's kind of uh, infamously known as like a bar dancer. Okay. Uh, well, awesome we person. You know, she's, she's fantastic. And all of a sudden she gets a drink at her. And she, she She's yeah. on top of a bar dancer. It's like, yeah. Well, same. I can relate to that very much. And I will just say I'm very thankful social media wasn't around 30 years ago. Let's just put oh, it right. there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because we because we, we go from having fun to okay we got to be big brothers now. Exactly. <laughs> you know? so. Where were you guys when I needed you? Shit. Right. Uh, I'm sure they were there. You were fighting them off though. Right. If you're like our friend Jackie, like you know, you're holding her back to get on the bar, but you know right. she's gonna win anyways. No way. That's right. Yeah, the only people that could kick her off the bar were the bartenders, and right. you know, start to drag her off at that point as well. Oh my god, that's crazy. So you started bar. How long? How long were you a barber? So, okay. So I have, I never got my cause license. I'm still a barber. I'm actually still a barber. And so here's what happened. So I don't know. I'm sure you guys can relate to this in our industry. Like I always ask my uh, people in my classes, show of hands, who has undiagnosed attention deficit disorder, right? I mean, let's be honest. Well, when I went to barber school, this gentleman came in, he was a natural level three. Okay. I had never colored my hair before. I was the dream. I was a hair color virgin. He had just permed his hair at home. Keep in mind, this was 30 years ago. All right. So his hair was the texture of, we're going to go with something that starts with a P ends with a ubic. You guys know where I'm going with that, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, and he wanted to color his hair. He wanted it like platinum blonde. And he came to a barber school. It was in more of an urban community. We did fades all day, all this stuff. So of course he comes to me. I'm the only girl, right? So I'm like, okay. So I go across the street. We had no color. I opened, I bought a box of hair color that had a blonde on it. So I opened it up. I threw away the gloves, had no idea what they were for. I had a styrofoam cup filled with coffee, dumped it out. Didn't even rinse it. I put these two components in it. I'm mixing it with my fingers. You guys, I'm not kidding you. When I tell you as my fingerprints are burning off, I start to massage it in this guy's head. My now ex-husband comes up to me and he's like, Hey, do you want to go to lunch? I was like, hell yeah, I want to go to lunch. So we left three hours later, three or four beers making out in the car. I'm like, do you think that guy's still there? And we're like, I'm like, guess, okay. He was okay. First of all, he was there. Second of all, um, his hair, he looked like a calico cat with mange. Okay. By the time I got back to him. And I'm, when I tell you, I always ask everybody, has anyone here ever made a man cry by accident? Cause we've all done it on purpose. When you do it as a woman, when you do it on purpose, it feels good. When you do it by accident, you still like clench your butt cheeks when you talk about it, especially on a live podcast. Okay. So I never was going to do hair color. I thought it was from the devil. I was like, hair color is evil. There's no way. Why would you ever do this? Right. So I go to work for my aunt. No, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're not going to jump ahead. What the hell happened to this guy? (laughs) He left bawling his eyes. That was terrible. He was like 50. I was 19. He was crying. It was mortifying. I left crying. Like I was going to quit the industry. I was like, I could not believe I physically and emotionally scarred this human, right? With hair color. And I was like, this, why would anyone ever do this? Right? So jump. I did finish barber school. I went to work for my aunt. They did hair color there. And she's like, you color my hair. I'm like, get the fuck. Are we allowed to swear in here? Please get the hell out of here. I'm never, never, never. She's like, no, come on. It's fine. It's fine. I swear. I put gloves on up to my freaking armpits. I put these components in a bottle. I applied it. I watched and we had, you know, at the time they had hands on the watches. I'm like staring at it for 20 minutes, threw her butt in the bowl at 20 minutes. And you guys, it stayed attached. And it was freaking beautiful. She didn't cry. There were no blisters. There were no burns. I was like, whoa, this is like unbelievable. And this is where that whole ADD comes in and where I found this relation. I found this like like thing where I could connect with other people that I did this thing. I was like, I got to figure out how to never make someone feel like that guy ever again and makes and how to always make someone feel the way I did when I did my aunt's hair and it was absolutely gorgeous. I was like, I got to figure out this thing in the middle because I'm a self-taught colorist. No one taught me. I didn't know how to do anything. And so the other bonus to that was that I actually finished something. Like I'm like the queen of starting projects and never finishing them. And you're liars if you say that you have unfinished projects in your house. The, The kings and queens in our industry, we don't finish anything, right? So I found this thing that it like creatively lit this fire inside of me. So that sent me on a journey that I knew if you want to be the best at something, you have to teach it. And even if you just teach teach yourself, 
So I sought out what I thought was the best education in the industry. And at the time it was, it was Redken. And that's when I had joined them. And I had the gift, honor, and absolute privilege of being surrounded by some of the top educators in our industry. And um, it, it's brought me to this place of giving back today that I knew if I didn't know it, who else didn't know it? And honestly, I really was sick of hearing the term dumb hairdresser. I just was really freaking sick of it. And I knew I was really smart. I just hadn't been given the vehicle to drive. And I finally found it. I finally found it. And so that turned into, um, you know, wanting to teach people what they didn't know, but then also, you know, to grow people into being the best version of themselves. But also like you're, you're a barber and now you're self-taught hair colorist. You obviously you had the courage to take that on. A lot of people uh, don't necessarily have the courage or they're afraid or they'll let that fear hold them back. And and it happens all the time. I mean, what do you say to that before we move forward? I mean, what do you say to those people that, you know, I would love to learn that, but I'm, I'm afraid to, or. Yeah. Well, I I've had an experience recently that, I, I consider myself to be somewhat of a fearless type of, type of person. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I opened businesses in my toddler when I was a toddler, like for fun. I, I'm not afraid of losing things. However, most recently, um, I've wanted to get out from behind my chair and move into full-time education, and I've been terrified. And I had someone tell me, and I wrote the email, and there, she's like, just hit send. And that resonated with me so much that we have to develop and we have to allow ourselves permission to just hit send and not have a plan. We have to just hit send. And when we take that one little step forward, we can see that, whoa, okay, that wasn't so bad. And then we can take another little step forward and surrounding ourselves with people that have like minds will almost immediately alleviate the fear. Like I was very conscious to surround myself with people that had what I wanted. Very conscious of that. Like Leah Freeman being one of them. And it's funny because I, I, I used to say, I want to teach on stage with her one day. And now I do. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, watch what you put out there. Cause you just might get it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I love, I love that. Just hit send, you know, that's, yeah, that, you just that, got to just hit send. You can't think about it. You just got to freaking do it. That, that's a strong three words. You know, a, a quote that we got from uh, Crystal Graves um, on the podcast, and, and I don't know if she's the originator, but certainly she'll always get credit from us because the first time I had heard it was on our podcast with Crystal. And she said that, you know, every, um, every unasked question, the answer is already no. Yeah, that's awesome. Right? And that's, and that's kind of what it kind of, it kind of lives in the same space for me. Just, just, just take the, cause it, we, we build it up as a big risk. But it's oh. not a big risk. You know, I mean, most people are, even if they're going to say no, at least they're, they're usually like, it's a considerate no. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Then, then you just, you know, that just, that just tells you that that door is closed for you if it's a no. And then you just go find another door. I just, I, I'm thinking just hit send and then I'll look back at it and I'll have a damn uh, chain email to myself. <laughs> <laughs> True story. Well, you know, what's crazy. And what I learned was, and, and so I, I honestly, I wanted to remove a lot of my clients. So I like almost tripled my prices and I was terrified to send that email because I didn't want to offend anybody. I don't know why we're afraid to charge our worth in our industry. Even someone well, else. your prices is something different though, man. Yeah, it's a little like different. 10% or 20%, I, right? right? No, I tripled them because I was trying to lose people. And so I'm like this I, I, to hit send. I'm like shaking. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And the craziest thing happened. <laughs> More than half of my clients wanted to stay with me and they didn't care what my prices were. Wow. And the fear that I built up inside of me of rejection or letting people down or not knowing what the future held or all of this stuff I built up in myself. And the reality was, was first of all, I should have raised my freaking prices two, three freaking years ago. Cause they all would have paid them. Right. They told me that basically that day, but secondly, just hitting send opened the door for me to see what was actually on the other side. And I've experienced so much more freedom you know, so much more freedom. I learned so long ago, fear is false evidence appearing real, right? And if we replace fear with faith, and when we find that thing we can have faith in, even if it's ourselves, it's um, full assurance in the heart. And so that's where for me, I made sure to fill my brain, my heart, my mind, my soul, my time with things that were going to grow the things that I was fearful of. 
and that I wouldn't be fearful of anymore. Does that make sense? Uh, completely. Yeah. You know, it's just, I made conscious efforts. And I think that is the challenge we run into is we just were emotional people. And, um, when emotions are high, intelligence is low. And so reigning in that emotional aspect of it is, is the way that we're able to, to move forward and not be controlled by those fears that can hold us back. So what were the, um, you said that you, you made conscious decisions, like, you know, when you were like, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, but yeah, no. the sense that I'm getting is that, that, that there was a point where you, you felt lost. And then yeah. you, how do you, how do you write this ship or, 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 or how do you straighten this up? What were some of the conscious decisions that you made to, to start to turn that ship onto the, into the right direction? So I, I like, like I shared, I never wanted to have that scary experience again. And then at the same time, when I had the, that wonderful experience, a light bulb went off and it was a good one. And it was like this creative thing was lit inside of me, but I did not know how to do it. I didn't know how to get to this place of freedom. I didn't know how to get to this place of joy of creative freedom. And so the conscious choice I made was that I started to realize what you think about, you bring about. And I consciously made decisions to think about what I wanted and push myself in the direction of what I wanted. So I surrounded myself with people that had the education I wanted. I read books. I made sure that I, I, I did things that grew that side of me. And um, I'm naturally inspired by that stuff. And I, I'm a firm believer in who you hang out with is who you are. I got rid of some relationships. You know, I got rid of some relation, obviously not my ex-husband, but I got rid of a minute. Right. But I, I made some very serious changes in my life because what I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to be the best and not because I wanted to hear that I was the best, but because I wanted to be able to serve my clients to the best of my ability. I wanted to be able to make them feel unbelievable and never make anyone cry and, and have mange on their head ever again. So that driving force, when I say I made conscious decisions was I knew what not to do. And so now I start, started surrounding myself with the things that I, I was learning to do. And every moment of progress I had pushed me to another step forward and opened new doors for me to see, okay, now I can do this. Okay. Now I have this. Now I can do this. And it opened doors to relationships. It opened so many things. Have you always been that, like that determined or that, uh, you know, willing to, to be the best or, or, I mean, did you grow up that way? I'll be honest. Competitive? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. I I went door to door when I was four years old to sell my toys. Um, Like I, I've been like, I'm like a serial entrepreneur. Like, like, and when I say that it's like, since my youth, I started businesses. It was crazy. I I wanted to sell things. I wanted to grow things. It's like, I I'm not afraid of losing businesses. I filed bankruptcy. I lost my house. They repossessed my car in front of my kid. I lost a a huge salon. Um, And, but I opened one while I was losing it. Like, I, I don't know. I just feel like there are no I don't want to say there are no failures. I receive the failures because now I know what not to do. Right. right now I know what not to do. That didn't work. So I'm not going to go down that road again. So now I know what to do. And that moved me to a place where I sold three salons for profit. Right. So because I learned what not to do the freaking hard way. I, I believe that there is way too much. It's um, what's the word? Un when something is like untapped, there's like untapped um experience in what not to do like the school of hard knocks. Right. Right. You know? Right. Do you, so, you know, part of my practice and I'm pretty sure we've talked about this in the podcast is like, I don't believe in walls. Like I built, I believe in building walls, but, but I kind of also feel like, like if I've made it to the wall, I'm too close to, to, to climbing it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, through, through experience, I, I've built like smaller guardrails to keep me from getting even to the wall. Sure. Um, is that, has that kind of been your process? Like, you're like, oh, okay, well I can, I can see this coming, you know, like, like, oh, yeah. the road and then, um, and then like, for me, it's even like what, like what my thought patterns are, you know, my thought patterns like take me off the rails sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. once I get to those thought patterns and it, it kind of gives me permission to, to straighten back out. Is that the kind of stuff that, that, that you're talking about as far as learning? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's been a journey. That's for sure. You know, I, I can't say that I, you know, always woke up every day thinking positive and, you know, this, that, and the other thing, but the closer I got to experiencing things 
that were positive, the more my thought process became positive. I, and, and I don't mean to sound like, you know, you got to think positive and this and that, but here's the reality. Okay. Here's the reality. Whatever we think about after the words I am or what you are, it's just the truth. Right. And so if we say I'm not busy, well, you're right. If we say I'm successful, well, you're right. And the more we think that, the more we think those things, the more you become that thing that you're thinking about. And so from a very young age, I, I continued to think to my, I, I just knew I was going to be successful. I just knew I wanted to be, I was the best. And I, I almost all, I can almost always say that I never thought I wasn't. And it's not because I'm cocky. It's because I knew it had to be that way. And I wanted to be that way. And if I'm going to be able to serve and fulfill the mission that I know that I'm called to do, I have to be that. So it's just set me on this journey of, I want to be the best so I can give my best and make other people their best. Well, you brought up serve. I mean, back to like when I said, you know, have you been competitive and all that? Have you always had that same spirit of serving or trying to? Yeah, I would say I have. Yeah. I wanted to be a youth pastor at one point, which is wild. Like I love Jesus, but I say the F word like all the time. Right. And so I, I wanted to be a youth pastor. I was going to leave our industry. And I just have this heart for like that 18 to 23 year olds. I feel like, you know, they're just sent out into the world to go like figure it out. And they have absolutely no help. Right. But I feel like God wouldn't, couldn't trust me to not say the F word from the pulpit. So (laughs) I couldn't do that. (laughs) And that's when I, I, it took me a while, but it took me about 10 years, honestly, to realize that this industry is my mission field. And this is where I belong. And I'm never leaving it. Like never. And I've actually developed a reputation like that, you know, a lot of hairdressers, they call me mama. And I love that. And I, and I tell them, it's like, mama loves you. And I, this is where I get choked up. Our industry is so filled with people that want to give and serve (laughs) and love others because they feel so unlovable. And a lot of us want to give from our hearts because our hearts have been so beaten and, and abused. And I just so desperately want everyone in our industry to know how valued and loved they are. And if they can be and feel my love, then they're going to be able to give it to the next person. Like that's a mission for me. <laughs> that's beautiful. Really beautiful. So that's where when COVID hit, like my heart broke in half for our industry. I was so worried about it. You know, you guys, I'm sure you guys know this. I mean, the suicide rates in our industry are so high and it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's, I don't want to say it scares me, but that and the um, the emotional aspect of our industry. If you think about it, I don't know if you've ever heard of the book called The Five Love Languages. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, yeah. And so if you think about our industry, what we do, what we do has every single love language in it, right? And so we, we as, as professionals behind our chair, we positive positive affirmation, right? Our clients come in and and they're looking for that positive affirmation from us. They get that physical touch. I mean, come on, that's what we do, right? Quality time. We have this quality time with them. They're coming in. It's undivided. And let's be honest, half the time, it's not even for the haircut. It's it really, it's not, it's because they just want to feel loved, heard, served, whatever it is they need. Right. And then, um, wait, what are the other ones? Gifts. We give them the gifts of our, our service, right. The gifts of our creativity. And then the last one is, um, wait, what is it? Quality time touch, uh, acts of service. And, and that's what we're doing. And so when our industry was shut down, I was like, this is the one industry that every single aspect of love is given. And it was taken away from everybody. And if you think about it, there's only two industries in the nation that can touch people and get paid for it, except for Vegas. Like that's a whole nother animal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we won't talk about Vegas, but it's doctors and us. And doctors are put on this pedestal of like the the smartest, most successful people in the entire world. We're on the same level, just in a different way. We're trusted to touch people, right? We're trusted to touch people and not hurt them and to make them better for it. And so that was taken away. And so I got so worried about our industry. And that's when I was like, I got to do something. I got to do something. And so I just started to teach. And that's when I jumped online. I created a private group for like about a hundred people. I taught classes every single day because we were only supposed to be locked down for 10 days. Um, That lasted a little longer than we expected. Um, So that's where I continued to do that on my own personal platform of Cleveland Hair Boss. And I honestly just haven't stopped because the more I give, 
the more my love tank gets full. And the more, um, when I see people benefit from my experiences, maybe that weren't great to show them what not to do. It, it makes me want to do it even more. I just want to save everything. <laughs> yeah. And that's the beauty. And, and you feel that, you know, when you go through your feed or when you, when you watch you, I mean, you literally, you feel that you feel that you have my best interest in your heart. And that's, really that's do. something special. Thank you. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, you know, a big, a big fat thank you from the industry because because I think oh. you are coming to serve. I mean, there's there's no there's no there's no doubt about it. I mean, that's why that's why everybody's watching you, and that's why you know you get you get and and you must be a positive affirmation person because if you read your uh, your your feed in there, it's all about like Sally, you're killing it, you know. And and this is so smart. Well, and you know what's so crazy is that actually makes me really uncomfortable. I'm not a positive affirmation person. I'm actually a quality time person and physical touch. Like I touch, if I saw you guys, I would be like, like all over you, like hugging you. And all, like, that's just who I am. And that's how I show my love. The actual positive affirmation stuff. I get like super awkward and comfortable. It's yeah. really funny. Like when people are like, you're so amazing. I'm like, Oh my, it like, I start to like itch almost. It's funny. <laughs> I, get that I would rather tell you you're amazing than hear that I'm amazing. It makes me like super awkward. That's why we love our job. Cause we get to tell you, you tell you. <laughs> and then watch your scratch. Yeah. <laughs> watch me break out knives. I'm like breaking out knives. Are you so red? <laughs> That's so true, man. So if you're watching this on on Spotify video, yeah, you can watch her itch and red. <laughs> See my neck exploding. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible, man. So um, so how many days of the how many days a week are you behind the chair? So I, I am pairing back. Like I'm really like working to not like I, I'll be honest with you, my hope is to fully retire from behind my chair by the end of this year. So I'm, I'm working on that, but I was three days behind the chair. I, I had a, um, I had a really large salon that I did not, I, I made a lot of emotional decisions and I lost that salon. This was, um, how many years ago, almost 10 years ago, um, when I was working with my ex-husband and, um, that was where I learned, like, I don't make emotional decisions every, anymore. Right. I don't make them. And that's where that whole just hit send thing. Yeah. And I, I couldn't, I had to like remove the emotion from, and it was really, really hard. So I lost that salon. I had a commission salon, a booth rental salon and a barbershop. And so I sold all, all, three all at the same time or, or different yeah. times. All, all at the same time in different areas. Uh, well, the barbershop and my one larger salon commission salon were both in Hudson, like almost next door to each other. And then I had um, a, a booth rental salon in um, about 40 minutes away in another, a similar type of town. So I had sold all those because again, I learned what not to do for a profit. And then now I have my own studio that I may sell. I may keep for education. I'm trying to, you know, kind of work that whole thing out, but that's where the beauty of our industry is 30 years in, I've been able to, like I said, reinvent my career every like five to seven years, you know, whether it be, you know, losing everything and starting over or growing people. Like I'm, I'm, I have shadowing programs now. So like, I want to completely give it forward. I want to pay it forward in every way that I can now. So that's where I'm moving more into full-time education. Mm. I feel like it would be um, sinful and actually super selfish if I didn't give everything that I've learned, because what am I going to do with it when right. I'm too old? For it? Right. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the old saying, you can't take it with you. <laughs> right. Right. So I got to give it, <laughs> I got to give it away. And you're able to kind of, you're able to make money doing this. Yeah, I actually, it's been really amazing. I, um, I'm, I'm, I have a hair boss university, which is a private membership that people can join for as low as 15 bucks a month. I post a full length video every week. And so that's more of like a, um, what do you say? Like a passive income, you know, kind right. of thing. And so I'm, I really want to sew into that as much as I can. And then I also do, I teach around, the, I do independent education, but I also um, am an independent contractor for Lanza. So I have both of those things that I do in the education realm. And, and I have to be honest, um, it's been really awesome. That's it, amazing. It exploded, exploded especially. Sally, it just goes to prove that 
you know, some people and, you know, we talk to a lot of artists and I'm not pointing anyone out. Let's be clear. But but, you know, some artists like they're scared to give up the tricks because they want to save that for, you know, the, they're paying public and stuff. But it seems to me, I mean, unless you've got tricks that that, that, that that you're not sharing at all, you know, it seems to me that you're giving it all and then you're just getting a great return on 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 for you giving it all. You know, that that's kind of your blessing. And people want to be like you said, like you want to surround yourself with like minded people. Well, you found your like minded people. You found your your people. Yeah, for sure. And I just, I'm a firm believer in you reap what you sow. And I have to tell you something like when I owned my salons, I would have so many salon owners that like would be so afraid when people left. I would bless my stylists when they'd leave. I'd send out emails congratulating them. I would send out where they were going. I would give them their client file because I always knew God was going to replace them with someone that was going to bring me even more. The clients that left were going to be replaced with even better, higher spending, more retained, all of that. I just always trusted that when something left, it was supposed to, and it was always going to come back with more. And so that's where, like I said, I feel like you reap what you sow. So if I keep it all to myself, there's not going to be anyone to give anything to. So the more I give, it seems like the the more I get. With that type of mentality, when you leave a, a place like that and go somewhere else, you're going to realize that it, the grass is not greener. I had it great where I was. You know what I mean? Right. And, and how many people come back? Quite a few. I, you know, um, at least they may not come back, but I get the emails or the phone calls, the thank yous, you know, that kind of stuff. And I just also know the clients don't belong to me. They're not mine. And and you know what's wild is that over 50% end up staying with us because of how we handled it. Right. right? Because it's about them. If you don't want to stay here, I'm not going to lie to you and make you feel like you have to. You know, we, this, that's, that's not, that's not what we should be doing. It's, it's for them. I wonder right? if we can talk as like three old dogs here. Like, I wonder where that started in the industry, you know, cause certainly I left a couple of salons and, you know, that was certainly the attitude, you know, like a lot oh. on, on the clients and, and, you know, and where like, I'm not really a sneaky person, but you have to be a sneaky person kind of, you know, those last couple of months just to kind of get, get your, your ducks in a row kind of thing. Yeah. I, wonder, I wonder where that came from. I don't know, but I think it. Can, I, I wish it just would stop because it like if we all really adopted the mentality, like here's the reality. We as salon owners, we don't own our staff and we definitely don't own the clients. Right. And so when we build a culture that's just it's built on growth and it's built on I'm going to grow you until you can't grow here anymore. And you've got to go somewhere else to grow even more because it's about growing our industry. It's just not about me. Right. It's just I, I guess that's that has been since I was, as long as I can remember, it's just not about me. Right. Do you and teach so, that to, to salon owners? I mean, I, I, I would like to more, you know, I'm, I'm working on it. I get, I get a lot of people that reach out. Um, it's just the coaching part. It, it can be a little challenging. Right. But I, um, when I teach in my independent classes, I definitely do, you know, cause people ask me all the time. They're like, how did you grow your following? And I, so like, I, I, I had 3000 followers last year. Uh, right but around when at the end of COVID, I think maybe about a year ago, year and a half ago, not even. Again, has it been an end of COVID? I don't know. I keep waiting. Yeah, for I know. I, and that's why I was like, I got to correct myself. Is it ever ending? Who knows? Well, yeah, yeah. So, um, not, yeah, so what was the date? Like, like give us a, approximately when you had 3000 followers. So definitely, I think I probably had less than that when we were in lockdown. So 2018. So, 20. 2020. 2020. Was that lockdown was 2020? Yeah, yeah, March to right? March to June yeah. for us. So I was I was somewhere in that 3000 range in lockdown. And so and now it's like above 40,000. And so people ask me all the time like what well, well I'm going to take a time out right there. Yeah. Because a lot of people will sit will use the algorithm as an excuse. No. You know, and, 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 and the single piece of advice that we got last year about this is, is it's time to be social. You're on social media. It's time to be social. So I don't know if I set you up or not, but, but you did this when the algorithms working quote, I put this in quotations, if you're listening, um, when the algorithms working against you, which, which, which a lot of people talk about now and you'll see damn algorithm, damn algorithm, but, um, the algorithm hasn't really changed. I, I don't know that it really has. And I, I haven't been a huge um, proponent of trying to beat the algorithm, to be honest. I, for me, what happened was when I was at that place of about 3000 or whatever, which that's a lot of freaking people, right? If you think yeah. about 3000 people in a room, that's a lot of people. I was posting for me, 
I would post pretty pictures of work that I thought was really beautiful. And it made me feel good about myself. Right. And, and, and maybe it made my client that I posted feel good. But when, again, when that whole COVID thing happened and I was like, I, I want to serve my industry, everything shifted. And when I started posting for my audience, when I started sharing solutions to problems that I knew people were having, because I had had them, um, it was like, I swear to God, that first video it, it, and then another one and then another one. And it was like, I was in the upwards of hundred to 200 followers a day. And so it's like when we shift our thought process to, it just wasn't about me anymore. My feed wasn't for me. It's not for me. I will get on there. I mean, I, I get on there, no makeup. I haven't showered for a week. I don't care. I just have zero Fs left about what it's not about me. And so if I feel I'm supposed to share it and to, and I know that it's going to benefit somebody, it's going up there. And so that's where I just work really hard to serve my following. And I think that's why it's grown so much. It was never about the time of day. It was never about, you know, I, I, I'd be a liar if I said there weren't, you know, I'm posting reels now because they say reels are better. Of course, that kind of stuff you take into consideration. But as far as, you know, trying to beat a specific algorithm, I, I, that's, I don't think, I don't know if there's any truth to that. Wait a second. I think if you serve say, your audience, you're going to grow. Did, um, did she say she didn't shower for a week? I mean, let's just call it what it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you have zero F left, then you can right. maybe be that pastor, uh, that youth pastor again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, good use. No. Good work, man. Good work. I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah, that was good. <laughs> I mean, that's huge, though. I mean, like, you know, I mean, you grew 35,000 in, in about a year. Yeah. And 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 it was from a position of giving and, and, and giving, you know, giving it all away, so to speak. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so happy to do, I'm honored that I have the opportunity to do it. I just see the value and, and, and it's fucking free. Sorry. You know, it's, it's free. We have this like free opportunity to share. And, and the beautiful part about it is that it's free for everybody else. I just think it's just incredible. And that if we don't take advantage of it, we're just missing out on just this incredible opportunity to grow each, ourselves and each other. I, I just believe like we're supposed to. Dude, you're amazing. You really are. <laughs> so what, um, there, there she goes itching again. <laughs> I am. I like, I can't breathe. My throat's closing. <laughs> so, Sally, EpiPen. <laughs> so Sally, when, um, oh, did, did you get stuck up or do you get stuck up on like how it's produced and how it's like, how it's, you know, what was your process as far as like what cameras to use or what editing software to use or what, what was kind of your process yeah. there? And, um, and how, how have you worked it out or, or how have you not worked it out? Okay. So I, I'm old. Okay. I'm almost 50 and I feel all of it when my storage is full, when I can't freaking edit something, when I can't, I just, I, and honestly, I've abandoned a lot of it because I, in the end, I think a lot of it doesn't actually matter if you're sharing content that people want. Right. right. But I will tell you, there is a one person in particular, her name's Adina, um, Adina Pignatar. Um, yeah, amazing. She took me under her wing. And she is, she, I, I would tell her, I'm like, help Nana. Nana needs help. I tell her I'm her grandma. I'm like, you got to help Nana because I can't even turn my phone on, you know? So I don't use a fancy camera. I do use like this app. She taught me it's called video shop. Um, I do edit some things. Uh, she's just incredible when it comes to social media. So that's, again, I sought out the people that had what I wanted. I, and I, at 50, Right. It's like I knew that I wanted to be able to reach people and I had to become current. I had to be I had to be relevant. Right. So in order to stay relevant and, and for it to get for uh, for people to want to watch it um, again, I surrounded myself with the people that I knew would grow me. And she was definitely one of them. Did you so honestly, video shop or was a person. <laughs> Did you say Vivio shop or video shop? Video V I D E O. Yeah. So video yeah. shop, I use splice sometimes. Um, I like beat leap. That's a fun one too. Oh yeah. That one's cool. Yeah. That's a fun one. Um, and, but you know, I'm going to tell you something, it takes hours, you know? And like when you were saying like, it's for free, it, it, like, it, like there's times that I will take a hiatus. Like I, like I actually just posted today and I hadn't for about 48 hours cause I needed a mental break from, from it. Right. And, and it's okay. You yeah. want to know what happened? All my followers were there. Nothing. Nothing. You know what happened? happened. <laughs> Nothing. You know, it was okay. And I was able to recharge and I was able to come back and bring some really good content. So um, I think that's the lesson too, 
is that, you know, we have to be okay with giving ourselves a break and it's okay. That's like my big mantra. It's okay. Okay. Right. It's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to take the time to get okay. <laughs> a lot of it's okay. Just hit send. Just right. Hit send. It's okay. Yeah. I know I have in my hair wash university, they're, they, they're asking you to make shirts. <laughs> so right, I yeah, gotta... <laughs> totally should. Well, One of these days, we'll see. My favorite quote from early, my favorite quote from early on was, "If you want to be the best at something, you have to teach." You know, that, 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 that's a strong one, man, because it's yeah. like it's a different level. Yeah, right? you, you you learn teaching, and that's what that's what a lot of people until they teach. You know, a lot of people don't realize that that you really learn while you're teaching. It's true. Well, and you know what's so funny is that I I meet so many like independent educators that they didn't even know that they were teaching themselves all these years right? Through their own trial and error. So it's like, you don't even have to be standing up in front of an audience of hundreds to be considered a teacher, you know? And so it's like, that's where I was saying, like, I I knew if I was going to be the best at it, I had to teach it, even if it was just to myself. Right. Right. And so, and that was where the evolution came in. You know, it's, it's really crazy when I, a lot of people ask me like, you know, how do you talk the way you do? And I, you know, I can get on stage. I'm not afraid, you know, this and that. My father, when I was 10 years old, put me in Toastmasters. So like while my friends were outside playing, I was public speaking to 70 year old men. Right. (laughs) So like for me, (laughs) it's just always been a part of my life. And so I feel like I've, I've been being like kind of set up for this, you know, since my youth and, and that's where even moving forward, I, I want to help these independent educators grow the confidence to be able to teach with confidence so that they can reach the masses too. Right. So it's like, I just feel like there's just so much opportunity in our industry to, to grow people that can grow people that, um, I don't know. I don't know where to start or finish it. Well, this is interesting. Like your father put you at Toastmasters at 10. I wonder if, (laughs) but I wonder if that challenge is what is why you weren't, you weren't fearful of challenge. Probably. Yeah, probably. Well, when I was 12 years old, I did this public speaking competition and I had to, um, I couldn't reach the microphone and it was like at church and I had to sit on the archbishop's archbishop's lap to be able to reach the microphone. And I was like 12 years old. And I, I guess I, and I think I placed like third out of the United States and Canada. And, and, and I'm not even saying that, like, look how good I did. That's not what I mean. It was just, that I wasn't afraid. It was just like, well, this is just what I'm supposed to do and I'm just going to do it. And so I guess I've been kind of blessed or lucky in that regard where it's just kind of been inside of me for a really long time. And I've been trying to do this for years, you guys. Like I have been wanting to independently educate. I've been wanting to share in this platform and in this regard, probably for a decade. I have a book I've been writing for 15 years and it just was never able to happen. I couldn't get it to come to fruition. And that's where I I really have come to terms with the fact that timing truly is everything, right? It's like, you're not going to, it's almost like the door will open when you're ready to walk through it right? The door will open when you're ready to walk through it. Like you were saying, we've been watching you for years. We've wanted to have you come on for years. I wasn't ready for you then, right? Or maybe or maybe you guys weren't ready for me. I don't know. <laughs> you know? But that's where like, even in our industry, like when you say, when you, when you ask, how do you get past that fear? I, I just really believe, I really believe that if you want it bad enough, the doors will start to open. And when you're ready to walk through them, you're going to be able to. I, 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 I'm going to say that I concur with that. Um, you know, we've talked about on the podcast before how, well, when we were in, I'll tell the story again. Am I allowed to tell the story again? Sure. When Tony and I were in Zion, you know, we were, we were kind of walking back to our tent and we're like, you know, what's really cool is that we built this whole podcast and we built our, our reputation on who we are which at, which at 20 years old, that wouldn't have happened at 30 years old. That wouldn't have happened at 40 years old. We would have just started to figure that out, but it was so nice. Uh, And I, and I, and why it was important in Zion, because, you know, everyone's, uh, everyone's truest spirit gets, gets, uh, gets uh, challenged or gets um, enlightened during struggle. You know, Mm -hmm. when we were in Zion, it was hot and it was uncomfortable, you know, and then, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be revealed in those moments. And it was so nice that, that, that we weren't revealed because we, we already had been, you know, we are who we are, you know, and and, and it's really nice. And, and, and to talk about freedom, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that freedom has been really nice to be that. So in that, I just say that, that you're right. The doors open when they do. And if you, if you try to force those doors open, maybe you're not ready for it. Um, yeah. But, you know, certainly put yourself out there and go hard. And then whatever doors do open, you know, you, you walk through them. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it totally, 
excuse me, it totally makes sense. But like, and also to be able to embrace what people consider to be failures, like, it, like trying to run away from, from maybe something that, that doesn't feel good. A lot of times we need to go through that because you cannot, you cannot, it's impossible to have compassion for something unless you've gone through it. Right. And so that's where I can sit with a salon owner and I can literally cry with them. I get choked up when I think about it. Like I, I lost everything. When I tell you I lost everything, I'm not kidding. You know, I had my staff that I put in, I got them jobs. They were blasting me on Facebook. Like what a horrible boss I was when I like gave them everything to set them up for success. Like, and I was filing bankruptcy and my ex-husband didn't pay our sales tax for three years. I owed $60,000 to the government that I didn't know about. Like when I tell you I've been through it, it's like, I'm not kidding, right? And so that's where I literally can sit with professionals in our industry and I can look at them and say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You can do this. I promise you, I promise you it's going to be okay. It hurts and it might suck, but I'm so thankful for every loss that I've had because there's absolutely no way I would be able to give from this place that I, that I do so freely because I do know it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, you're just such a beautiful soul. Oh my God. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not, not going to lie this whole time. She's been giving me Michael Cole vibes. You know, well, I was with Redkin. Now, listen, let me tell you. So Michael Cole, I like chased it again. I like went up to him I, the first time I saw him and I was like, how I, I, I was like, I, I, I know I probably sound really weird and maybe a little bit crazy, but how do I get to hang out with you? <laughs> and he kindly told me I couldn't, but that's okay. <laughs> That's okay. But he, he was my first inspiration of seeing that you can love people like this in our industry. And I didn't have to be in a church. I didn't have to be outside of our industry that there was so much here that needed me. Right. Or that I needed, honestly, I needed it so that it could bring out in me what I could give. And, um, so that I consider that like such an unbelievable compliment. So thank you. That's the first time anyone's ever said that to me. And honestly, I could cry. Thank you. Cause he started it for me. Can, can I did. tell you a Michael Cole story? Yes, please. So we were, we were, was it, it was 2019. Yeah. It was like November, 2019. We were in Wisconsin. And for those of you that don't know Michael Cole, Michael Cole is like, he's like the business guru of our industry. He kind of started, I'll give him credit, even if, even if it's, it's his credit or not, but he started in the eighties or nineties to start to look at our careers as careers. You know, before that we were, we were the hobby shop of, of, of industries. And then Michael like started to, you know, just, just start to think of yourself as a fortune 500 company. And then, you know, he, he did a lot of like a lot of programming, a lot of whatever around that to make us like a real industry and a career based industry. And, and Michael, I, I'll, I'll forever give Michael Cole uh, the credit for that because that's what, what, that's certainly what he did for me. Right. Damn. So we're in Wisconsin. Michael's there. We, we've gotten very friendly with Michael. As a matter of fact, Sally, you won't believe this, but in about an hour, we have a phone call with Michael Cole. Which oh, my God. Thing, right. So, uh. so we're talking to Michael and Michael says, hey, let's do lunch while we're there in Wisconsin. So Tony and I, because we were doing the podcast, we had a we had a private room. I put that in quotations. And Michael came and sat with us for lunch. And you know what Michael never did? Never stopped asking questions. Yeah. To this day, Michael is an absorber of information and he's an absorber of, and it was almost weird because like, like there's, there's points that I don't want to say that I disagree with, with Michael, but, but how the industry has changed and how, you know, the message, his messaging should change too. He was so open to that. It was like, no, like resistance to the conversation at all. And he is just such an incredible blessing for the industry. And you talk about yeah. somebody who's reinvented himself just about every 15 years in this industry. Yeah. That's Michael. I would know, agree with that. Michael's done it. And, and he is just, he's just a soulful, soulful man that, that I am. He's one of those guys that through the podcast, I am just incredibly blessed and grateful that, that we have a relationship. Yeah. Well, our industry yeah. is, is better for it because of him. Mm-hmm. There's, there, there's, I, I, there's, there's no doubt about it, but I was, I was, when we left that lunch, Sally, I'll tell you this, I was blown away with how receptive he was to conversation and how his opinions and, and the stuff that he's done for the industry didn't matter at that moment. At that moment, it was like, how can we be better as an industry? And, that, and that's where Michael's head was. And I was blown away by that because there was about, 
There's about one, there's about 0.01% ego there. You know, the rest of it was just like, let me learn. Well, and that, and I I think that that's where true serving happens. Yeah. Right. It's like, and that, you know, that's where it goes back to It, it, it. I don't think it's ever been about him. Right. He just, he's wanted to grow our industry so much. And so um, that's where he is such a gift and and why people gravitate to him because he wants to grow you. He wants to grow our industry. Right. And so that's where God, if we could just like duplicate that even more, you know, when we talk to, when we talk to him today, I'm going to say, dude, you gotta, you gotta hook up with Sally. What the hell? Oh my God. I will totally like fan out. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be like, you think I'm turning right now? Oh my God. Right. My ears will swell. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to burn because we will talk about you. We're definitely oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, tell him I said hi. <laughs> we, 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 we definitely. Does he know you as Lemo, I hope? He doesn't know me at all. Oh, perfect. I don't think he even knows I exist. You That's know what, though, Sally? You may be surprised. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think he would remember when I totally fangirled and I, like, chased him down at the first time I saw him. I literally was like, I just need, how How do I get to hang out with you? And he's like, well, it's just, you don't. But. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, okay. He was so gracious about it. You know, he was so gracious. But, and so that was, like, the moment. And really, I, you know, I don't know if I thought about it till we just started talking about it now. I think that he was an enormous, whoa, that's like getting me a little bit choked up, like thinking about that moment, that um, that moment was a, a huge part of the floodgates opening for me of knowing that this is where I'm supposed to be, you know, because there was so much in him and his delivery that I just resonate that resonated with me and that I related to so much. And I was like, oh my God, that's me. I'm that's me in in a man like you know what I mean you know yeah. like you meet someone and you're like holy shit that's me like Ann Mincy do you know Ann Mincy oh yeah 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 big fan I, when I tell you from as a baby in our industry when I first met Redkin and I first the first time I heard that woman's voice I was like I want to be the Ann Mincy of our industry I want to take I want to continue on where she leaves off that has been my dream for like for our industry because she just loves our industry so much yeah. You know, and so that's that's been my heart since the beginning of our of our career. And so that's where I'll, I'll be honest, like right can open the door for so many gifts spiritually for me, um, meeting people like that. You know, it all goes back to you are who you hang out with or at least who right. you want to hang out with, even if they don't want to hang out with you. You know, I'm glad you brought Anne up again because she's kind of been on my radar for years. I met Anne oh. probably about the same time that I met Leah. You know, and and she 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 is so amazing, and I've wanted to bring her on the podcast. We actually, I'm pretty sure I talked to Anne about coming on the podcast. Please bring her on for whatever oh reason. God. It just for whatever reason. Well, I think she's like semi-retired now. So I think so too. Yeah, to, um, might be a little bit harder to get to her, but. uh Huh. Maybe I ask Michael Cole to make that reach out. You yeah. know, anyone will do anything for oh. you talk about Papa, 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 Papa Cole. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. <laughs> Sally, I, yeah. you, you amaze me. I, I am so glad that you just spent the last hour with us. You're, oh, it's been it's such striking. a gift of time. Thank you. I can't believe it's been an hour. I know. Has it? Yeah. yeah. It's been crazy. <laughs> I feel like we could talk about so much more. Well, you know what? I'm going to hold you to that because I think I think we want to bring you back. I think. Um, oh, I would love it. We'll talk offline, off air about about okay. how we kind of see it happening. Um, I would love that. But, but I would love to. I would love. I would love to uh, to bring you back on. That's yeah. awesome, Sally Lemo. You're amazing. Hey, hey, how can people? Um, how can people locate you and all that stuff? Well, uh, you know, on Instagram, as you guys shared, it's Cleveland Hair Boss. I'm on TikTok too, Cleveland Hair Boss. Trying anyway, trying to keep up with all the babies. Um, and then if on Facebook, it's um, it's just Sally Lemo. Be my friend. I would love Sally Lemo, right? L-E-M-M-O. Send me a DM. I actually will answer them. Um, I'm not above any of that. I want to stay connected to everybody. So please, if if mama can help you, I'm here for you. And if so, mama and if mama's good at university, do, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's where I was going. Oh, oh yeah. Um, so I, I uh, hair boss university. So it is a paid membership. So if you do request to join, um, you do need, you know, to pay to join, but there's a link in my bio on Instagram that if you click on there, you can join for as low as $15 a month. And I have over 50 videos in there right now. And I post a new one every week. And, um, actually one of the things I'm starting in the new year is that I'm going to every month, someone will be randomly chosen to, um, to win an hour of coaching. Uh, with me. So I I just want to help, you know, and and it might end up being more, you know, as I get less behind my chair and more into the full-time education part, um, that's where that part is growing. 
And with the coaching, is it like hair color coaching? Is it business coaching? Whatever they want. Whatever they want. Whatever they want. Yeah. What you should do with the universities, you should start bringing in guests. Like you should bring in Leah. Uh, well, we're talking about that actually. <laughs> My girl. We're talking about Head that. Out the bag, I, you know, you know what's funny is she and I have a tour that we're going to be doing next year, and it's going to have minimally five dates, and it's called the Color Boss Tour. And so oh, right. we're going to be touring starting, I think, in May. So, and we'll have like one a month for the through the end of the year. So stay are, tuned for are that. Are you coming? Are you oh, coming to the Mid Atlantic? What's the Mid Atlantic? Are know, you talking about the big event? Pennsylvania, Maryland. Virginia, that area. I, I don't know. Oh yeah. I, I was like, is that a show? Like, I don't know what you mean. Yes. Yes. Okay. Do me yeah. a favor and hit me up and let me know what those dates are and stuff. Maybe Tony yeah. and I'll come and crash it. Maybe oh we can do a podcast with unbelievable. Leah. Could you Please. imagine doing a live podcast with her and Leah? Whatever. Listen, honestly, that would, oh my God. Yes, please, please. And then I can prove to everybody that I'm funnier. <laughs> hopefully it remembers us right that's awesome, awesome. i actually was talking to her five minutes before i jumped on with you guys did you tell her you're coming on what's that did you tell her you're coming on the podcast yeah, i was like listen i gotta go shut up i gotta go i'm going on with hair she's like wait a minute you didn't even tell me i'm like i'll call you when i'm done goodbye right. oh that's amazing awesome we love yeah, her. she's in la right now doing a photo shoot i so, loved you before I love you even more now. Oh my God. Thank you, you guys. Like, honestly, I cannot tell you how grateful I am for what you guys are doing for our industry. L- literally, you guys think I'm amazing. I'm totally fangirled about you guys right now. And the fact that you even wanted to spend this time with me, I- I'm beyond honored. Like, truly, like, truly, I mean that. So, thank you. Well, you his know, beard's more blocking his neck. <laughs> What's that? Also, his beard's blocking his neck. Thanks for hanging out with us and thank you for joining us on your day off. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, share it with friends, give us a rating and drop a review to listen to all the latest podcasts. Please subscribe from your favorite podcast outlet and to stay connected on and off the show. You can follow us at hair Street on Instagram and all other social media platforms. Thanks again. And we'll see you next time. Peace and love.